0: It's podcasting time! My name is Jonathan Isaacson, and this is Just Another Jerk, Dispatches from Japan. A podcast that's usually about Japan. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you do that sort of thing. Probably Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, hey, if you are on Spotify, I'm finally over on Spotify as well, so you can find the podcast there. Subscribe on Spotify if if that's your jam. Uh, You can use Google Podcasts, that works as well. Stitcher, probably some other places. But yeah, I'm on the big places now. Um, So make sure you subscribe and you'll get your automatic updates. And please rate the show. Give it five stars. If you like it a lot and really want to be helpful, review it. Anything helps the show out. And don't forget, the number one thing you can do to help the show out is share the show. Don't forget, no matter how you feel about the show, there's always someone you can share it with. You know, friends are great. Enemies are fine. Frenemies. Anyone. Share the show with family. Share it with your dog if your dog has an account. So, uh, today, let's go on. It's going to be a short episode today because teaching online is a lot of work, yo. So, I've got to keep it short, keep it simple. Something I can do without a whole lot of prep and research. And I want to talk about something that's one of those things that's very obviously different in Japan when you're coming from the U.S. And that thing is cars and driving, but the whole automotive experience. It's really different in Japan and the U.S. Now, the obvious point is the side of the road we drive on. Because in Japan, we drive on the left side of the road with the driver sitting in the right side of the car just like in the UK in the u.s obviously you drive on the right seat on the left but in like Japan the cars are on we're driving on the left and the uh, turn signal and the wipers those sw- handles those uh, levers are switched in car Japanese cars when you're from America so whenever I go back and drive my mother's car in the states I always turn the windshield wipers on when I'm trying to turn, without fail. The first five, ten times I try to turn, I'm going to turn the windshield wipers on because I'm just so used to driving in Japan now. One thing that's not different, though, is the uh, gear shift pattern and the pedals. So if you're driving an automatic, it's only two pedals, but if you're driving a manual, the three pedals, they're in the same position as an American car, despite being on the other side of the Uh, cabin i don't know how cars are in the uk maybe one of my uk friends can tell me um which pedal do you what is the pedal order for a car for a manual transmission car in the uk um is it the same as the us and japan i would imagine it probably is that's probably a a international standard because that's a bigger deal than turning your windshield wipers on when you mean to turn on your turn signal but anyway yeah japan we drive on the left side of the road and I keep having to stop and think which side of the road we drive on because when I first came to Japan I remember being told okay the way to think about this is don't think left right think center and here's what the person that told me this meant actually they told us before I even came to Japan I think their their point was that as long as you're driving a car built for Japan because you can buy American cars in Japan, but if as long as you're buying an America uh, a car that's built for Japan, even American cars that are sold in Japan, you can buy Fords. Uh, I think they actually made it; they might be made in Japan, but Ford I think has one plant somewhere. But I don't actually I don't know for certain. I just know I've had a friend who had a Ford Fiesta, a Japanese Ford Fiesta that looked exactly like a Mazda, but that's neither here nor there. But as long as you're driving a Japanese car, you know the driver. You put the driver towards the center of the road. Don't think left or right. And that made sense to me for some reason. I, that, I was able to drive a car in Japan immediately with no difficulties. I've never had a mistake because you know I was driving on the wrong side of the road. I've never done that in Japan. It's just put the driver at the center of the road. And then when I go back to the U.S., I don't have a lot of tro- trouble other than the windshield wipers, switching back to driving on the other side of the road, the American side of the road. So yeah, that just made sense to me. Don't think left-right, think center. And like I say, I still, when I'm thinking, what side of the road do we drive on in Japan? Oh yeah, it's the left side. I have to stop and think about it because I I, I don't try to think left-right. And at this point, I mean, obviously I've been in Japan for 16 years and been driving that entire time so it's second nature to me so i don't even think about it at this point it's it's, you don't think about how you ride a bike you just do it right same thing with driving which side of the road you're on but yeah that's the obvious difference between japan and the u.s when you come to cars and driving so yeah i mean obviously if you're driving a yank tank or another any other american car you're going to have problems because that doesn't work. The driver needs to go towards the side of the road, so that will throw it all off. But, I mean, let's be honest. I'm never going to drive an American car while I'm in Japan. Japan makes really good cars, so there's no reason to buy an American car in Japan because it'll be a lot more expensive anyway. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of the obvious difference. But there are also some kind of little differences when it comes to driving and the rules of the road. And one of the, the, one of the big ones that a lot of people get kind of, I don't want to say caught with, but maybe make a mistake once or twice when they first come to Japan, is in Japan, trains have the absolute right-of-way. And cars must stop at level crossings, even if there's no train coming. You have to stop your car, and then you can proceed to cross the train tracks. That's the rule in Japan. And like I say, a lot of um, a lot of foreigners when they come to Japan, especially American people, who of course we just blow right blow right by a level crossing. Doesn't matter as long as there's no train. Even if there is a train, but you know it's still a few hundred meters down the road, you can just zip on by. It Doesn't matter. So that's a big difference. And a lot of say Americans when they come to Japan, that first you know half year or whatever, you want to just keep on going, but you can't. You got to stop. I now have the opposite problem. When I go back to the U.S., I really want to stop at railroad crossings. Whenever I see a railroad sign, I'm like, oh, I need to stop the car. Nope. I have to consciously tell myself, you can keep driving. Like I said, I've been in Japan long enough that Japanese driving is much more ingrained in my brain. I've been doing it a lot longer than I ever drove in the U.S. anyway. So that's one big difference uh, as far as traffic rules are concerned. And another kind of difference, I don't know if it's, it, I guess it kind of combines rules of the road, but it's also just kind of the whole driving experience. Another difference is the traffic lights. So in Japan, of course, as a lot of people know, they refer to the traffic lights as red, yellow, and ow, blue, which if you look at a Japanese traffic light, it is a little bit bluish. It's a very bluish green compared to an American traffic light. So it makes sense. And if you look at old traffic lights, they're pretty blue, some of them. So it makes sense that Japan would call them blue. But in Japan, this is different than the U.S., in my frame of reference, the U.S. So in the U.S., the turn signal, the 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 turn lane, gets they get their arrow first. And in Japan, the turn comes last. So you have to wait until the turn arrow turns on for you to take your if there's a lot of traffic and one thing about turning that's always seemed weird to me is that when you turn so this is this will be for right-handed turns right because we drive on the left side so for right-handed turn you're supposed to turn into the farthest lane which to me seems backwards if there's a two-lane road you should turn to the nearest lane so people turning left can also turn at the same time. So if you're driving, if you're doing a good job driving, if if there's no cars going straight, both cars should be able to turn at the same time onto a two-lane road. But that's not the official rule in Japan. The official rule is you're supposed to turn into the farthest left lane. I've never seen anyone stopped for that, and I've seen a lot of people turn into the, the, the closest, the right-hand lane, So I don't think it's a rule that's enforced very often, but that is apparently how you're supposed to drive in Japan. Again, it doesn't seem sensible to me. But, I mean, there's a lot of driving rules and traffic rules that aren't necessarily sensible. That's just the way we do them, which kind of gets back to my point, you know, in the last episode, uh, last week, about kind of cultural knowledge and kind of this is the way we do things. So, of course, that's how you do it. But, uh, yeah. So that, that's kind of a little weird... Little, just a little thing. And these aren't big things. They're just all these little things that you kind of start to notice when you've been driving for a while and kind of stop and think about it. Hmm, why do we do it that way? Um, so yeah. And there, there's a lot of other things too that are they are not necessarily rules, but they're more just the way we drive. You know, a good example of this is in a parking lot. In Japan... Well, okay, let's look at a few things. One, there's no parallel parking in Japan. That just doesn't, that's just not really a thing. A lot of that, I think, has to do with the fact that streets are as narrow as they are. They're not designed to have cars park on them. And uh, there's no also, there's no diagonal parking. I've never seen diagonal parking in Japan. Uh, and that kind of gets it to the next point I want to talk about is that, so for perpendicular parking in like a parking lot, even in people's houses a lot of times, people will back into their parking spots almost without fail. I've kind of taken to doing it as well because, I mean, that's just kind of the... It's the it's the cultural standard here. You back into a parking spot. And it's always been one of those things... To me, it seemed a little bit rude almost, especially in a crowded parking lot with lots of cars trying to find parking spots. If you're backing into a parking spot that takes a lot of time, especially if you're not good at it. I mean, I've gotten pretty good that I can usually get into a a perpendicular parking spot, backing into it on one try most of the time. Uh, But it just seems like it's rude if it's a busy day and there's a lot of cars, people are waiting. You have to stop your car. You have to drive past your parking spot, put on your hazard, say, that's my parking spot, and then back into it. So, I mean, obviously, this requires people to be, you know, polite at some level because they can't just kind of sneak into the parking lot, or the parking spot you want, by going in, you know, front first. But you're making them wait for you because it's easier to back to leave. And this always struck me as strange because when you think about it, you're you're when you leave a parking spot, if you're backing out, you're backing out into a much wider area. You know, the the whole the entire the aisle of the parking lot is much wider than a single uh, parking spot so that's easier to back out than it is to back in so why do we back into parking spots again it's always seemed to me almost rude to be perfectly honest I've, I don't like doing it I, I do it and I do my best to not make people behind me wait you know like I could say I've gotten pretty good at it I can usually do it in one uh, you know one try I don't have to, no no, no three-point turn kind of maneuvers going on to park but yeah, that, that's I do my best, and if if it's really crowded, I I wait until there's basically no cars behind me, and then do it, or you know just go to places that aren't popular, so you have your pick of the parking spot, and then you don't have to worry about it at all. So yeah, that's like I say. This is not a rule, but it's it's what everyone does. Another thing that actually I really like in Japan with driving is using the your hazards. So in Japan, your hazards are very useful to say thank you. So let's say, for example, you're trying to change lanes and someone slows down to let you over. You turn your hazards on for about two or three flashes and that says thank you for letting me in. Or let's say you're trying to turn on a very busy street and there's just the oncoming traffic just won't stop. Someone... They will flash their lights at you, which means, hey, go ahead. So they flash their lights. Maybe you either do a hand or maybe do a quick hazard and say thank you. Um, so, yeah, people try to use their hazards to say thank you. And so I actually I, I like that one. I guess eh, you just don't really do this return. For, for turn, you actually just kind of wave your hand because you can't really show your hazards very good uh, in, in any sort of any good fashion. When you're turning, so yeah, that's more of a hand wave kind of situation. But yeah, people will flash their headlights to say, "Go ahead, it's okay to go." But yeah, there are all these little things about driving again, not rules of the road, but just kind of courtesies that we extend each other in in Japan when we're driving. And like I say the U.S. there are different things, but yeah, Japan the hazards are used not just for you know I'm 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 double parked or I'm parked illegally. Please don't tell me. Uh, I'm going to turn my hazards on to say I'm coming back soon. Doesn't actually mean anything, but whatever. Uh, But hazards get used to say thank you in Japan, which is kind of cool. I like it. What about the cars themselves? Well, the cars themselves are obviously different. They are, generally speaking, smaller than American cars. Uh, A lot of that has to do with the fact that Japan, the roads are just narrower. I mean, the road that we live, our apartment's on, it's a two-lane road, but no way in any imagine, you know, the, the, there's no way that this would be a two-lane road in the, a, a two-lane, a two-way road in the U.S. This would be a one-way street that we live on. Nope, it's a two-way. It's, and, you know, it's also, there's no sidewalk, so you also have to deal with bicycles and pedestrians all on this one street. So car, cars have to be smaller because the roads are smaller. The roads are narrower. Now, obviously, if you get out to the big roads like the the bypass or the like, expressways or whatever, those are, you know, the full wide roads that any American car would fit on just fine. But a lot of the side roads, a lot of the residential roads, no way I would want to drive an American car on them. Even Japan's big cars, by American standards, are minivans, essentially, I mean, yeah, minivan's big, but it's not a Yukon. It's not an Expedition or Excursion or whatever the heck the biggest Ford SUV is. So yeah, e- even the big cars are smaller than American cars. And the one kind of interesting point about the big cars, the uh, the minivan-looking cars, those are cool cars in Japan. Things that, you know, to me look like what you should take a you know take the kid to soccer practice or whatever those are cars driven by you know cool guys mostly guys actually the 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 minivan looking things those are mostly driven by men you know usually youngish men but i mean i guess i should i should let me me qualify that a lot of them are there's a there are a fair number of families that use them as well because they are bigger so they have more seats and more room so you could be like like we were growing up you know My sister got, one. we had a minivan, so I think my sister usually got the middle seat and I got the back seat most of the time. So we, we would have our own seats for long trips so we didn't have to sit next to each other and we wouldn't fight each other over seat space. So obviously there are some Japanese families who use the big car for that, you know, that same reason, for having a lot of space. But there are also a lot of cool guys, car guys who drive what are essentially minivans. Stylistically, they're very different. And there's... This is something I've, I've been thinking about. How to explain the difference of a Japanese car to an American car, just stylistically. Not, you know, the whole left-right thing, not the not the engine sizes, things like that, not the size, just the stylistically. There's something that is distinct about Japanese cars. And I think it's kind of their boxiness. That's a big part of it. And Japanese cars tend to be. Stylistically, like the current, especially current trends, are a pretty boxy look is pretty popular right now, and that's been the case for most of my time in Japan. That most cars you see are fairly boxy. Um, even like so there, like say there's the big cars, the like the minivan looking things, and then there are kind of on the smaller edge of the K cars, Kijidosa, which K means light. So these are cars with much smaller engines and. They are very, very popular because they're cheaper. Uh, not, not the initial costs, but kind of the, the taxes and then uh, some other stuff. That, the, the Ks tend to be cheaper and are actually very popular with uh, farmers as well because they're the K trucks, which are these little flatbed trucks that essentially take the place of what pickup trucks in the U.S. are. I mean, no one carries as much stuff as, in a, as a pickup truck can carry in the U.S., but I mean, think kind of like a, a little Ford Ranger size pickup truck, that size, more or less. And those are pretty popular with farmers in Japan. And those tend to be also, say, there, there's the wagon, the, the wagon, which is kind of the even smaller little super minivan. Uh, that's a K, a light, a light car. And those are very boxy, usually. So, yeah, there, there's a boxiness about Japanese cars. You also will almost never see an old car on the road in Japan. Why is that? Well, there's a very good explanation why you will never see old cars in Japan. And that is shaken, which is the car inspection. Now, I know U.S. cars, you know, American drivers have to go for car inspections, usually it's emissions inspections in their states, and different states have different standards. Japanese car test is really rigorous, and it's expensive. Uh, I, I don't even remember how much it cost for my last one. It's so, I mean, it's several hundred dollars to get your car tested and checked and certified that it's, it passes admissions, it passes safety regulations and all that. So they test your brakes, they test your admission, ad, admissions, emissions. They test your emissions, they test your brakes, so all the safety measures, the airbags get checked, uh, everything gets checked. So the cars are, mean, they don't pollute as much, and they are uh, safer. So that's a big reason why you don't see old cars, because old cars need more and more repairs to pass the car test, and at some point, you know, they're just not worth it anymore, and so people will buy new cars much more regularly than in America. Uh, which, like I say, is good on one hand because people are not driving old beaters around very much. So you're not going to find a car spewing out black smoke in Japan. That just doesn't happen. But at the same time, that means there's a lot more cars that have, you know, are getting scrapped. So, like I say, it's is good on one, on one respect, you know, for air pollution... But then on the other side, you have all this all these waste vehicles. What do you do with them? And there are car lots, and obviously some get you know parts get re- uh, recycled and whatnot. But yeah, it, it's it seems a little bit of a waste to me, I guess. Because I mean, if you incentivized people to repair their cars and keep them in good working order, that would seem to be the best option, wouldn't it? I mean, still have a stringent emissions test, but maybe you know make it easier to repair a car to make it pass the test and make sure it's in good working order that's safe and environmentally friendly i don't know but yeah that's that's just one of those things that as an american it seems strange to me that to see almost no old cars like you will never see classic cars in japan essentially i mean they're Never obviously is an exaggeration, but they're not common by any stretch of the imagination. So well, I guess that is where we're gonna stop for today. I kind of rambled on a bit. Sorry about that. Please remember to subscribe, rate, review, you know, get a friend to do the same thing. You can always find the Twitter for this podcast at just another cast., uh, if you go there, you can also find. You know, what happened in Japan, the This Day in History for Japan. I've been doing that for a while. So go check that out if you're interested in Japanese history. Just Trivia Bites over on Twitter at Just Another Cast. You can email questions, comments, and suggestions to Just Another Jerk Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, there's also a Facebook page. Just search for the podcast name Just Another Jerk Podcast. You'll be able to find it. Uh, and follow the page over there too and like I said uh, we're finally on Spotify so if you're a spotify go over, out and find it on that platform so on that note I'm out peace